Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello everyone and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink to find the hidden gems. Uh... I think I've said a different thing we're finding in the ink every single time we've done this. We're getting there. I, we're getting wait, there wait, now. what? No, it's been hidden gems each time, right? No, because there was there was hidden gold, I think, last time in the hidden beforehand. Gold. It was like I don't know. Maybe maybe we change it every week and it's like a monster Ooh. of the week thing. Ooh. <laughs> well, I'm H the raccoon. Uh, I'm Casey the dog. I'm Cirque the cat. Next time we're finding a kobold, cause monster of the week, yo. Yeah, kobold. Well, we'll find, we we will we will find the hidden kobolds. Yeah, just well, I mean they are small enough. I could probably just dunk my hand in the, under the ink and then just find one like kind of like basically like a, a nice size kobold, a nice slimy one. Yes, she's uh, in ink. slimy, slimy, mm. slimy ink. Mm. Oh, <laughs> what oh is this? What are you doing? Uh, slimy. It's perverted Tim Curry, basically. Oh. <laughs> you just, you mean Tim Curry. Period. <laughs> I mean, I, mean Nigel, I don't think Nigel Thornberry is, is perverted, but. Was that maybe Tim he Curry? That, uh, yeah, that was. What? Yeah. The fuck? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, that's that's actually that was my thing. The funny thing is, is that the first thing I ever associated with Tim Curry was freaking Nigel Thornberry more than anything else. Before, uh, uh, <laughs> before Doctor Frankenfurter or it or anything like that. It must. It, it was probably. Was your, the... uh, it, I mean, he probably was your first like exposure to Tim Curry, though. So. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly why. You know, it's just funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was apparently mine too, and I just didn't know. <laughs> at least i i'm 90 sure. let me just see if i'm being an idiot or not i'm pretty sure my first one was fern gully mine was probably like the first one where i knew it was tim curry and associated the name tim curry with the role was probably clue but i'm sure it was like the 80th thing that i had seen him in because i, I definitely had seen home alone 2 by that point yeah, it was. It was. He did Nigel Thornberry. I, I oh, double-checked. that's incredible! I had yeah. no idea. Anyhow, yeah. it's kind of strange that we started off the show with a tangent. Uh, yeah, I know, have we, we ever did. have we ever done that before? <laughs> this is what what is this segment? But just a giant tangent. Yeah, we've honestly. already gone off the rails. Like I mean, at least it's cartoon one. related. We're talking oh, yeah, about yeah. the Wild no, Thornberries. It's true. Uh. Anyhow, yeah, cartoon news time. Yeah, yes, I have a bunch of cartoon news, and I'm going to start by something that uh, something small that I just uh, uh, just saw. Like a friend just linked me, like right before we started recording. Breaking fact, news, y'all. Uh, and it is that they are making Buddy Thunderstruck plush toys. Oh boy, you like that show? I still you are going to jump it. all over that, aren't you? <laughs> I am going to make them kiss. <laughs> they are the best. I, I love Buddy. I love Darnell. They are amazing. I love it. I love this show. If you've not seen Buddy Thunderstruck yet, please watch Buddy Thunderstruck. It is like one of the f- funniest, cutest little like stop motion things I've seen in a long time. Like it, it, the basic premise is that it's this dog named Buddy Thunderstruck who is a uh, truck 
driver who's a race car driver. He's just he he every week he goes into a racing tournament to like win money for his like mother. I think it's his mother. Uh, and it's just like they're constantly playing with that trope, but but then like. At the same time, like that is like the least important part of the entire plot. Because usually it's just about Buddy Thunderstruck and his uh, best friend slash boyfriend. Because I am saying they are boyfriends because they act too much like boyfriends. You know <laughs> uh, what? Darnell, who is a ferret with a pompadour, and uh, they go on wacky misadventures and get in trouble with the sheriff. And it's a lot better than it sounds like because you would think they'd be a lot more like dumb. And there are fart jokes, but it's also like genuinely just it's funny and cute at times and just it's good it's good it's really good it's really good yeah death of the author anyone you think is gay and in love with another character in a tv show is because authorship is dead (laughs) the the writer for buddy thunderstruck actually saw people talking about buddy and darnell being gay and he said you know that wasn't our intention but if you feel that way then sure (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the other show that's been very like that is uh, the new Danger Mouse. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that that's also true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, really? I think, yeah, yep. uh, the 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 Danger Mouse guys has actually been very supportive of cute fan art that was like that's vaguely gay between uh, pe- uh, Penfold and well, uh, Danger not, Mouse. Not even not even vaguely gay, just gay, but. Uh, you know, general audience like a cute oriented. Gay. A cute yeah. gay. Like, 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 <laughs> like, well, like, I guess, I guess like, the, the reason, the reason I specify is because like, like we never have to say vaguely straight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, KC, you know, like the what? way you were saying that KC, uh-huh. I thought you were just going to say they're vaguely, su- they're supportive of fan art. That's just va- gay butts. Yeah, basically that's it. They, they, and everyone was like, Just, "Please retweet something other than gay butts," and they were like, "No." <laughs> it's like the opposite of Rorschach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, okay. So that was the first thing. Uh, and I just thought it was really, really freaking cute. I actually have a huge little list of things. Where did I put my notepad? Here it is. Okay. Uh Oh yeah, this was just a really weird thing. Uh Man gets 2 years in prison for claiming he created Kung Fu Panda. Oh yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> like, okay, so if you haven't heard this, uh basically a guy who like made like a somewhat like related like kind of like like a panda like that fights people or whatever. Uh, said that, oh, DreWorks totally stole my idea. Uh, but then it, what happened is that he took a bunch of stuff, like, he, he, like, uh, changed a lot of his original art to make it even more look like DreamWorks did even more so to, like, straight up steal the entire thing. If you look at his for... art, if you look at his art, it looks like he took a bunch of, like, like, coloring book drawings and he just modified them a bit oh yeah like he he definitely did that for to add on to this whole thing like literally like let's see what it was yeah 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 yeah, that's right uh deadline says the full nature of gordon's game came to light when dreamworks found out that some of his panda drawings are traced from a lion king coloring book (laughs) not even a couple of panda (laughs) one a lion king one (laughs) wow Uh, like oh god so like yeah he he 
Yeah, he because he read a story previously called Panda Power, but then he altered it to make it seem like more like that DreamWorks was stealing from him. And then basically the end of the story was that uh, he was fined for $3 million and sent to prison for two years for basically trying to defraud a company. <laughs> See, the way you phrased the headline, I thought... They just arrested him for saying that he had created Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> well, and that, I was that, I was bearing up to do like a Spartacus thing. Like, I created Kung Fu Panda. No, I did. I made Kung Fu Panda. Well, I made Home, so. Uh, I mean, nobody's going to fight you on that. <laughs> no, no. Though I still, okay, I still see Home gummies at like Walmart and stuff like that. But Wait, they really? took away the Zootopia ones. I would suggest that you don't eat those, because yeah. when did that movie come out? Look, I, I, I can kind of understand why it's still being pushed and marketed. A, because there's a Netflix series based off it, but B, because it's actually one of the few animated films that stars a black girl. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I, no, I'm not going to be too hard on Home, because <laughs> I haven't I've even never seen, seen it. I've never seen Home, but really all my hate for it comes from the fact that Sheldon is one of the main characters. Oh, well. <sighs> well then, okay, now that we're speaking of sh- Okay, speaking of, uh... I was trying to make a good transition. Oh, speaking of, uh, weird space beings, uh, on, uh, on uh, OKKO, the new show by uh, one of the former uh, people who created uh, Steven Universe, uh, Ian, uh, what's his name? Ian Quintel, or is that yeah, the Ian guy Quintel. Made, right? Ian Quintel. Ian okay. Quintel. Yeah, him. Um, uh, he, uh, in a, a, an upcoming episode of OKKO, there's going to be a cameo appearance with Captain Planet. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I heard about this. He's got them all and everything, too. Yeah, like, it's straight up just, like, they, like, they, uh, let's see, uh. wonder if they'll get the original voice actor back. Like, that's what I'm looking at right here. Like, uh. The original series stars David Coburn as Captain Falcon. Uh. Oh, yep, uh, the original series starred David Coburn as Captain himself and LeVar Burton as, uh, Kimway. Uh. Who will reprise their roles for the episode, which per oh, awesome. sees, sees evil Lord Boxman, Jim Cummings, polluting the air around the plaza, prompting K.O. and his friends to combine his powers with the iconic superhero. So, they, yeah, they're bringing back the original voice actors and stuff. <laughs> That's very That's, cool. Man, oh, man. I, I, I've never actually... So, I've never actually seen an episode of Captain Planet, only, like, parodies of it. But um, something that I something that I love deeply with all my heart is just like the aesthetic of uh, of older cartoons like from the eighties and nineties that had kind of uh, a uh, an agenda, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like my favorite, yeah. my favorite being uh, Free Willy. <sighs> The animated yeah. series. Uh, I, I don't know if we talked about that. Cartoon. Yeah, there was a yeah. free Willy cartoon, and the villain is a cybernetic eco terrorist. And I think we've talked about that once before. But that's yeah, like yeah. my yeah, favorite yeah, thing in the awesome. universe. I, I, I brought up the fact that the only animal that doesn't talk is Willy. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone else, like every other animal talks just fine, and it's kind of treated as a no big deal kind of scenario. But no, Willy does no. it. 
<laughs> that's Are that's you sure the, the cartoon. Like they have the does. free will to talk. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not I actually mean, sure. I actually, look, I'll be honest, it's been a long time since I saw the Free Willy cartoon, but I'm pretty sure Free Willy didn't actually talk, but I don't know, maybe, it's maybe been, I'm It's wrong. been far too long for me to remember. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like, that's, that's always been a fun concept to me. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, uh, but yeah, Captain Planet's a really interesting case i've actually watched several episodes of kit but i wasn't huge into it not because i don't necessarily thought the premise was good i just didn't like action cartoons as a kid yeah like, i think i neither did i i i mean i liked batman the animated series for quite a while and that was like the only one and then i just kind of fell out of all i feel like cartoons. yeah i feel like i made an exception for batman but not because it was an action cartoon more just because it was batman <laughs> yeah it was, you know? yeah exactly it was yeah. it was batman and it was thankfully a really good version of batman so i was mm-hmm. i also liked right. the superman cartoon uh yeah the superman cartoon was pretty fun i didn't really watch much of the uh superman cartoon when i was little it was more of like like you said the batman show because it was first on the scene and it was really really good and in my opinion like sort of define the character for me yeah but like growing up i was never into cartoons that were like that had like a lot of action or that were kind of slice of life or basically i just liked screwball <laughs> colorful cartoons See, for, me, for, for, for me, kids I, wooed I liked, and gratification i liked i liked uh screwball comedy and i also liked uh slice of life stuff uh i was really into like i was like super into little bear when I was a kid, <laughs> I was actually really, I was reminded of Little Bear's existence again recently when I heard someone making a remix of the Little Bear's theme song. Yeah, which, I remember. What? In, I heard I heard that remix in, in the first grade. Everyone was once talking about Little Bear and uh, and they asked me if I liked Little Bear and I said, no, I liked Blue's Clues. And they all laughed at me because they thought that Aww. me, a first grader, was too old to watch Blue's Clues. <laughs> I watched Blue's Clues when I was in first grade. F*** it. Dude, I would, I would watch Blue's Clues, right? I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be into it. No. I, I mean, it's, it. it's got cute art, but it's kind of nothing, really. Yeah, it probably didn't. It probably didn't age with me, but I, you know what? I stand by first grade me. I don't think I made the wrong decision. <laughs> well, I mean, I loved, I loved Arthur. I loved Little Bear. Uh, I loved BB and J Otter. That was also yeah. One I also really I, liked. Like those those I things are, I, I guess, that. fine. Like what what I like, I watched Hey Arnold, but kind of reluctantly. And I watch and I I I really hated like I is this the is it is it as told by Ginger? Is that what it's called? Yeah, like, you know, like, I, I like that one though. But I don't know. Well, like, like that's the thing. That's the thing is like as an adult, I can appreciate those things. As a child, I was just not like. Uh, I guess I don't feel like I was grown up enough to appreciate them. I yeah. I I, I don't know. I'm. I'm hmm, I don't know. I I've I've heard the criticism that it's told by Ginger is basically Daria without any of the bite. <laughs> which is which fine which is, which is like, fine you know i loved aria and yeah. i think i can like ginger fine but then again i haven't seen it in like forever so i probably don't I, I like the thing is my rule is that if i haven't seen it in a very long time i'm not gonna give judgment on it because i don't know if it's actually good or not yeah well that's that's neither but, here nor there we we can't <laughs> yeah we well, never, we're spe- never able to stay on topic are we 
Well, well, no, because there's multiple topics. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of multiple topics, uh, the most of, the, of these topics had talking animals in it. And speaking of talking animals, uh, BoJack Horseman. Uh, yes. Season, season four, right? Yes, season four. Uh, it uh, premiered uh, just last week. I keep hearing uh, good things about it. It is quite honestly my favorite season of the series so far, which is already my Pretty high praise, series. since you're a big fan of it. Yeah, like, it's already one of my favorite series ever. I have a BoJack Horseman poster, like, literally right next to me as I'm recording. Um, and, Man, uh, a lot of talent in that show. Like, yeah, and I, I, I oh, mostly, I'm mostly referring to the actors, but I'm sure, like, there's talent in other places, you know? Well, oh, yeah, for sure. But, but, I mean, like, yeah, like, the talent that they get. Like, it's amazing how they get Jessica Beale and Zach Braff to come in uh, to basically just be giant parodies of themselves. It's yeah, great. and Will Arnett is a treasure. Oh, my God, he like, is even, a treasure. Even though he's done... He did that movie with the... With the guinea pigs in it, remember that? Oh, G Force, oh, G Force, like he 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 had like he doesn't have he a also, flawless career, but he is a he gem. also did He's Nut Job one and two. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but no, but uh, but that's the thing. He also was Lego Batman, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, so, which great. he nailed. He did a perfect job with that. Yeah, he actually like Lego Batman is probably my second favorite Batman. Period. <laughs> like he's great. He's great. I love him. He's so self-centered and terrible in a lot of ways, and childish, and that is like the perfect like contrast to all the really ultra serious dumb Batman's that are out there. But what it's not a contrast to is all of the other characters Will Arnett has played. <laughs> That's <basically Yeah>. spot on. <laughs> yeah. That's basically basically if Job from Arrested Development was Batman. <laughs> I mean, you got the. I mean, you have those character actors that basically just hone in on yeah, that no, one like, role. Like, no, role. no, no, Tino shade. It's just, uh, it's just kind of a, a character that he's really good at, and so he plays it a lot. Oh man, but uh, well, I kind of also wanted to make a quick point about uh, Bojack Horseman. Uh, see, I, I know a lot of people who are like reluctant to watch the show because, like, people constantly talk about how it's like existential dread and the most depressing thing you'll see and all sorts of stuff like that. I just really want to quickly make a quick point. Yeah, it's really depressing and it's very harsh, but unlock a lot of things that I think are really cheap with that kind of stuff, like just overly cynical to the point where it's like, there's nothing there. Like it actually has a point to it. It's actually reflecting real human behavior. Yeah. So like and it's, so it, I think it has. Uh, I, I haven't actually seen it, but the impression that I've got is that uh, BoJack Horseman has um, kind of a like adult themes in it. But like, and when I say adult themes, you know, I'm, I'm referring to uh, I'm referring to thematic elements that might. Uh, you know that that might be very heavy, but yeah. it's not nihilistic about. Yeah, that. like 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 sure, it gets really dark, but and sometimes Bojack is a nihilist. In fact, he starts off completely nihilistic. Yeah, but the, the narrative of the show isn't nihilism. Yeah, like because the whole point is that the characters, as you might like, there's an article they try to claim that the characters always just reset. Anyone who says that really is not paying attention at all to what Bojack, what's going on in Bojack Horseman because these characters are going through a long arc that takes several seasons to get through. It's, it's, and like Bojack is 
a way different picture in season four than he was in season one. And honestly, for the better, too, because he's starting the first season. He is just a horrible narcissist who lies and cheats and steals and is just the worst person. He'll do anything to get attention because he can't because he is desperate to find something that'll actually make him happy. And throughout the course of like a bunch of seasons, he's gotten to the point where he's like trying like he's, he's understanding that that he's a person who can't really find happiness because his brain basically won't let him unless he actually like works for it in a way that's actually healthy. And he's slowly getting to that point where he's at. And so, sure, in season four, he's still kind of a jerk. He actually is a big jerk at times, but he's a lot more understandably a jerk. He's And he's also a lot more empathetic to other people not being happy with his actions than he was beforehand. And sure, it took a long time, like a lot of things for him to get to that point, but I feel like that's kind of true with a lot of people. A lot of people won't change until stuff just really, like a bunch of really bad stuff starts happening to them, and they have to change. That's actually a thing that's explicitly stated in the show itself. Like, that's something that people have told BoJack and other people and stuff like that. And um, it's, it's, it's really, really... It's a really honest and very true to life and very reflective of my own experience experience with uh, depression and anxiety and uh, self-loathing. And I that's why I adore it, because it's a reflection of myself in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things about Bojack that's not me. I'm nowhere near as much of an asshole as he is. I mean, I used to be an asshole, but I, even when I was my most asshole, I wasn't as much of an asshole as Bojack was. But um, even still, like... Uh, it's a realistic progression, and I can see that it's coming from people who actually understand what Bojack is coming from, and that's why I love that aspect of it. But even like, like, yes, it can be pretty grim. It gets super grim at times, but I think it's worth it because it's not reflecting a really terrible vision of humanity as much as a thing that humanity is extremely flawed but we can find better ways to do things can, and, can i devil's advocate for a bit, bit here just for a second sure it is a huge buy-in to get to that point though and like season four and stuff what you're talking about i'm not saying that the series is like bad or anything i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that you gotta trudge through a lot of sadness to get there but that, but, but, but i my, mean my other that's point. that's not worth it for some people But my other point is that the show also has plenty of episodes that are just ridiculous puns and sight gags and I just, it's like nonsense, but like hilarious nonsense. It's also tends to be political, but also tends to be like really smart about it. I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying that for some people, they're already going through that all on like that struggle and they can't really handle doing it in like the media that they watch as well. But I'm going to argue that I was going through a lot of it when BoJack was on. And it, during the second season, there's a moment, and I won't spoil it, but it's like a moment at the very end, and there's a character that says something to BoJack that basically completely made me rethink about how I view a lot of my depression. And honestly, this show has been one of the best coping mechanisms I've ever had with depression. Like, I, I, like, I'm not going to say that, like, obviously I'm not going to force anyone to see it. I'm not going to say it's going to cure depression. Of course it did not. My depression isn't cured. I just learned to cope with it better. But, like, 
I, I'm just trying to say that like there's there's a lot of value in actually like looking at a very realist like a, a mirror of yourself in a sense that actually has some sort of like things to say i guess nah, uh, i get that it's um i i guess i'm just saying that there's not a lot of like shows out there right now to balance out this kind of stuff there's plenty of shows like there's uh steven universe it's a really I good mean, i mean it, you can count like it's it's skewed heavily in this direction is what i'm saying well i mean if you're talking about adult television adult television is is a cesspit, honestly. But I mean, what? yeah, there you go. But if we're ta- but if you want to find a cartoon that's optimistic and actually shows a positive worldview, there's a plenty of those that I can recommend you off the top of my head. You know, if like if you need something to like wash it down, like that's totally okay. I, I admit that maybe it's just partially me how I can handle all this, but I also just like I don't know. I, I I'm just my whole point is more that I think people shouldn't be so incredibly scared to see it because they hear that it's a sad soul. Like if they see it because they think that it's going to like continue a depressive episode, then fine. I understand that. But if we're doing it just because you think that it's a cynical show, that's got nothing of value to say about depression or being sad or anything like that, or how shitty the world is, then you really should give it another chance. Cause it's, or at least give it a shot. Uh, Cause it's like, it's 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 so much smarter than any other show about depression I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, okay, I, I understand that. Alright, uh, we have been doing this segment for almost 30 minutes, which is a record for us. <laughs> uh, Every episode gets longer. I, I don't want to make our episodes keep on consistently getting longer. I think an hour and a half is a good area to be in, honestly. Uh, but, uh, I guess we just couldn't really help talking about it because I actually had a lot to say about Bojack Horseman. (laughs) (laughs) A bit. A bit. Um, all right. So let me just pull up the list and we can start on our actual podcast, which is where we, uh, watch, uh, cartoons that have fallen into the public domain and see if we can find anything decent in it. Yeah, Which we've done so far. I'd, I'd say that the ratio has been actually better than I would have expected on that. Yeah, like, I'd say it's about mm, half and half, maybe. I'd, I'd say, like, 65 to 35. Maybe. I mean, I'm, 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 just, I'm just going from, like, stuff that's worth watching versus stuff that's boring, as opposed to, like, you know... The other okay. way, yeah. That's I'm not saying like necessarily good or bad. You know, I think there are bad right, things that are worth that. watching. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go ahead, Alex. Drum roll, please. Huh, that's a new one. Oh, something new. Okay, uh, we are going to watch a cartoon starring Molly Moo Cow. What? And it's called Molly Mukow and the Butterflies. What? We go from talking about existential depression to Molly Mukow and the Butterflies. Okay. Sure. Alright. What? What? <laughs> 
This one a lot. You did. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was like cute. it. Like I. Uh, so it was very, very saturated, uh, and like and so like that's the that's the thing that I noticed from beginning to end is that the coloring job was just so pleasant to look at. Okay. Like like from beginning to end, the backgrounds, the foreground, everything was just so much more colorful than we're used to. You know, either either because most of the stuff we've watched has been monochromatic uh or because the ones that weren't monochromatic were very uh, uh unsaturated and i you know maybe that's why the company that made this was called rainbow parade i don't know but there was a there well, was huh. just like a whole there was just yeah. like a whole wide spectrum of colors um like, just for it reference almost like recolored yeah yeah i may it, it might have been it probably was because it was 1935 that this cartoon was made, uh, but it was it was a it was an inkblot style cartoon, um, and Molly Mukau I thought was a delightfully designed character. Yeah, I mean, um, I really want to quickly touch on who made this mm-hmm. a bit. Go ahead. Um, uh, the the studio. Uh, See, Rainbow Parade was not the ones that made uh, them. Basically, they were the brand of cartoons made by uh, Van Buren Studios, uh, and they were they did come out in color at first. So this was the original colors. Oh, perfect. Uh, um, that's why they're called Rainbow Parade because it's like color was still pretty new at the time. Well, they so. they really they really nailed it for something that hadn't been done all that much. <laughs> oh, definitely, well, yeah. Well, okay, so the the picture. The, the the Molly Mukau is a character by uh, Van Buren Studios, uh, their studio that lasted from 1928 to 1937, so not even a decade. Uh, and they've had like uh, they've done a whole bunch of cartoons. Um, uh, let's see, oh yeah. Uh, in 1932, Van Buren purchased Charlie Chaplin's 12 mutual film company uh, company comedies for ten thousand dollars each. Uh, uh, added music by Gene Roderick and uh, Winston Sharples and sound effects and re-released through Arcadia Pictures. Uh, and let's see, what else did they, like they like basically it was a studio that did a whole bunch of stuff like that. But one of their most uh, their main cartoon characters were Tom and Jerry. What? Okay. No, wait. Not that Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Tom and Jerry, who are these group of... Uh, uh, they are Tom and Jerry are fictional characters that starred in a series of uh, early sound cartoons by Van Buren Studios. Uh, uh, they are basically uh, two vagrants, just like, you know, another kind of Charlie Chaplin type of, like, homeless people. And they're just new lard dudes that get into trouble. Uh... And uh, the only thing that's really super notable about them uh, is that, uh, A, in order to uh, avoid legal confusion uh, with MGM's Tom and Jerry, they got renamed to Dick and Larry. (laughs) (laughs) And two, and uh, and today, uh, also, uh, Joseph Barbera began his career as animator and storyman on the series. Oh, wow. Yeah, 
And then uh, <laughs> in 1940, Barbaric uh, co-created with Will and Hannah another duo of cartoons using the same names, a cat and a mouse named Tom and Cherry. So, <laughs> well, there you go. So yeah, they just straight up stole their freaking names. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating history. Uh, this so this cartoon, I will say, it's not very funny. Like none, oh, of, no. none of the none of the jokes really landed with me, but I didn't really get the impression that they were even necessarily supposed to be like ha ha jokes. Like it didn't feel try hard, is what I'm saying. It was Basic. just not you know it wasn't very funny. the The jokes weren't good. <laughs> it was like <laughs> Lindsay Ellis when talking about uh, the uh, what is it the goddess of spring. Which is the Disney cartoon that's about that's basically loosely based on that old Greek myth about uh, Hades kidnapping Persephone. Do you uh, mean Rite of Spring? What is it called? Rite of Spring? No. Okay. The goddess of spring. The goddess of spring. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, that's like where like that was like one of the earliest like Disney cartoons, and in it, basically, like a good chunk of it is just a bunch of dancing flowers just sort of dancing around and stuff. Uh, and Lindsay Ellis said, uh, this isn't exactly compelling, but you know what? Screw it. It was the Great Depression. <laughs> they need freaking dancing flowers. So this is basically that philosophy throughout the entire thing where it's not much conflict. Like, I could sum it up in just a quick soundbite. Cal meets butterfly friends who are nice to them. Uh, then the butterflies get caught by a dog person who's a scientist, the cow tricks the scientist by pretending to be a butterfly, and then uh, when the... Uh, basically, the doctor goes away, and then the butterflies are free, and that's it. That's basically it. Um, and... Basically, it, like even the antagonist of this cartoon, which is that dog professor, really isn't that threatening yeah oh, no, no. he didn't he didn't seem well that that's the thing that i noticed is he didn't seem uh he didn't seem antagonistic he didn't seem to want to hurt anyone <laughs> i think he no, just like, didn't i think he just didn't realize the intricate nature of the lives of butterflies like we don't so basically he has a whole yeah. song about like singing about like how he like there's other men who like hunt tigers and lions and uh, elephants and stuff, but he's not that kind of guy. He just captures butterflies, and like that's his whole thing. Uh, yeah. And like, I, you know what? You go, dude. If you found your thing, you found your thing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, two things. First of all, uh, this is a cartoon in 1935, and it has a female protagonist and a female protagonist without. Any uh, any tertiary sexual characteristics? Uh, though, Molly, though, Molly though, Mukawa. Though, 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 though uh, she did not have udders because of uh, the uh, Hayes Code saying that uh, cows and cartoons couldn't have udders because it was too sexual. That I, is wild. Are you serious? But- That's literal. That was a literal <laughs> thing. Like Disney had to like st- like Disney did some cartoons with uh, cows with udders, and they were not allowed to show those cartoons again for a while. And they were told to never do it again because they were told by the Hayesville they could not do that. Yeah, and no, Jesus. no udders, no shoulders. They actually made fun of that in that recent 
uh, Mickey Mouse shirt. That oh, was, like, get a horse, right? Get a horse, yeah. Because there's a part where Clarabelle Cow lifts her skirt up to try to like uh, get a uh, get a ride from the cart, uh, and you could like when she raises her skirt, you could see her udders. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah, but you know, this, cool this character, but this character, like they didn't they didn't feel the need to give Molly Moo Cow a bow or oh, exaggerated yeah. eyelashes, which is fantastic. I wish more people would follow suit with that today. Not not to I say that. that. Not to sure. say yeah. Not to say that. Um, not to say that it's wrong to use those things, but it's I, I don't mean, I don't like I don't like uh I don't like you don't like it when they try to gender code yeah, with so like, like eyelashes. Like the okay, so speaking of butterflies, there's a butterfly cartoon, the Animaniacs butterfly cartoon is like the, they they were so paranoid, I'm guessing about uh, like they were so concerned about like implied homosexuality that the male butterfly and the female butterfly look like they're different species. It's like a male butterfly falling in love with a tiny human woman with wings. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> well, well, to be fair, the butterfly, the butterfly woman in this cartoon, like the only one that's like explicitly a woman. Uh, has blonde hair. Yeah, she she does have she does have kind of tertiary gender characteristics. And don't ever let me say, uh, don't ever let me say that this was a progressive cartoon because I did oh, no. I did Google Molly Moo Cow and looked at the image results and it was shockingly racist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, oh so that was another thing I was going to mention. There are only uh, six cartoons. There are only six cartoons that feature Molly Moo Cow. And one of them is Molly Moo Cow and the Indians. And guess which one is not on this collection? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and, uh, and at least according to some Google image results, at some point in one cartoon, Molly Moo Cow is in blackface. Oh, wonderful! Oh, yes, which is uh, not great. <laughs> but, cool, uh, cool but, stuff. Yeah. Good. Um, but this cartoon, uh. this cartoon was not that. This cartoon was was pretty unoffensive. Uh, and yeah, you know, we kind of described the plot. I'm not really sure if there's a whole lot to talk about there, except. Like this was a very it's, visual cartoon, like like a I lot mean, of the rubber hose cartoons were. It, uh, it depended a lot on. Uh, I mean, it starts off just with like Molly Moo Cow, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it basically just starts with Molly Moo Cow finding a butterfly. Oof! Wow. Well, no, that's right. It starts with Molly Moo Cow finding a uh, butterfly. Well, well, no. What happens is she uh, tries. She gets hungry so she grabs a lily pad and some daisies she turns the daisies into paste spreads them on a lily pad then grabs uh one of the uh uh reeds from like the uh from like the uh nearby lake and then just making a hot dog out of all of that <laughs> and then eating that that's how it starts and then he she gives uh see, a butterfly flies up and she gives that butterfly a taste of it uh which i'm pretty sure that's not what butterflies eat <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's better than an actual hot dog. It'd be kind of messed up if she was eating an actual hot dog and then she fed that sure actual hot dog to a butterfly. Yeah, that those are not well. Well, no, cows let's, eat let's, like greens. Cows eat greens. Let's be honest. There would be a lot more mess up with that if she was eating an actual hot dog. Oh yeah, way worse. Um, then like uh, they have like a little mini fight, but like it's just a playful little thing. Uh, then the butterfly leads Molly to a stage, 
uh, like a little tiny thing. At first, I thought it was a fairy circle because it looked like a fairy circle, but it was just a place where I guess the butterflies like to perform in front of other people. Because uh, I mean, you know, you gotta have hobbies. Yeah, of course. Like the the butterflies have really nothing better to do than just entertain this cow. Which you know what? Fine, I, I, that's fine. Go ahead. I don't care. It's, it's, you have a short lifespan. Do it with with, with as as you please. You know, you've you've achieved what you set out to do with like the whole caterpillar cocoon thing. Just I just do that. I love th- I love that you're vaguely saying why don't these butterflies have jobs? <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying that. We need to get these butterflies off the doll. All they're doing is spending government money. It's like, it's like I no! guess they have nothing better to do. Like, they like, what a waste Please. of time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fucking Alex Jones here, okay? I'm not telling these butterflies to get a job. I'm not saying the water's turning the butterflies queen. gay. <laughs> I'm just... I mean, the flags... The, the butterflies don't have, like, a bunch of rainbow patterns, and, like, the they made, like, a rainbow... Uh, curtain for the stage and stuff like that, but I'm not saying that they're gay. I mean, I'm sure a couple of them are gay, but that's just because statistics, you know? Um, uh, hey, HT, what's that <laughs> word again? All of them are. Gay. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, uh, they... <laughs> uh, so... They entertain the cow. They do this cool thing where, like, they've got, like, a light and the butterflies fly in front of it to, like, color the light. And, you know, like, just a lot of a lot of those fun uh, visual style gags that you used to see a lot of. And uh, and then the dog comes in and kidnaps the butterflies. Calls, call, like, he kidnaps them. Well, okay, I'm saying kidnaps because we have sent, we, we've ascribed sentience to these butterflies because they do have sentience in this cartoon, but he's capturing the butterflies for his collection or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and while he's doing this, he's, he's singing his them. song about butterflies and stuff. Well, first, first he calls the butterflies dandies, <laughs> but like in a pleasant, pleased way. And he goes, marvelous! Like, and stuff like that to all these butterflies. And then he goes into his big song. <laughs> Which apparently he's actually doing, and it's not just, uh, uh it, like, it's a diegetic song, because the Molly Mook has been, like, is trying to grab the bag throughout the entire time he's singing the song, so. He also gets scared by his own imaginary lion, which is kind of hilarious. Like, uh, like, it, it, I, I don't know if that's, like, that he actually thought, like, he actually saw it there, or, like... I don't know. Point is, <laughs> like, is he's he... not a threatening character at all. He's not threatening, but that, I mean, that's the thing. He doesn't need to be threatening. He's just a guy collecting butterflies. I, I, I don't know why they made him look like a hobo. Because, <laughs> like, because that's what he does. Like, I, that's what I first thought he was. I thought he was, like, a generic 1935s vagrant, because he kind of looks like a messy, he's got a kind of messy suit, and he has a weird stubble going on around his muzzle, and, but, like, no, he's a professor. He's just a professor. Um, he also has a monocle, which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, basically just from there, we've kind of already explained the rest of it, just that Molly makes butterfly wings for herself. And she actually has like flies with them. Like flowers and stuff. Yeah, I have like flowers and stuff like that. And then she uses that to trick the guy into thinking that she's a butterfly. And I'll be perfectly honest, I kind of zoned out when their <laughs> butterfly was when the when the when Molly was leading the butterfly man around. Uh, so I don't know exactly what it did. All I remember is that eventually he runs into a tree, which knocks a 
beehive out, and instead of the bees, like, stinging him, like you would think, they just go into his hat and steal it. <laughs> and he's chasing after the hat, and that's how, that's last how we see him. Um, yeah, so even, even the bees are antagonistic in this cartoon. Yeah, they're just like, hey, I mean, they're, sweet they're, hat. They're having, they're having fun. <laughs> I had a nice Wicker Man joke and everything, right? And it just... No! No! Can you imagine Nicolas Cage singing that? No, 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 no. Can you imagine Nicolas Cage singing that butterfly song? Yes. I actually kind of want that now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, anyways, go ahead, Casey. I don't remember what I was going to say. Fine. Uh, It wasn't wasn't good, or I would have remembered it. Okay, fine. Uh, So, just uh, basically... uh, the butterflies basically make her the butterfly queen uh, by making crown out of themselves and a cape out of themselves. And that was the end of the cartoon. So there you go. That was it. That was it. This Hooray. is a good cartoon. It is, uh, it is worthwhile. It is harmless. I think it's worth yeah. watching. Harmless it, is a good description of it. It is a cartoon of its era. And I think, I think it's, it's interesting from that perspective. I think it's poisoned. I think it's harmless, but I also think it's good. Like, it's a good cartoon. It's well animated. It's very well colored. It's a good one. I mean, okay, I won't, I won't argue any of that. I'm just saying I found it kind of boring, personally. But I think that's just No, like, more... it, it, wasn't, it wasn't groundbreaking, but, like, it well, was good. <laughs> look, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even trying to be a snob or anything like that. I'm just saying that no, I, I get pers- it. I'm, like that's that's why I'm confused about your reluctance to agree with me that it's a good cartoon. Well, okay, it's good. It's good. Right, I that's... found it boring, but it's good. <laughs> sure. All right. Like I won't say it's bad. I think it's worth watching. I'm not going to stop anyone from watching. I'm not going to say take it away from the show notes. <laughs> and by the way, at the end of every episode, we have uh, in the show notes we have every single cartoon we watch. In case you don't listen to those, um, but yeah, uh, but. You know, yeah, it's it wasn't necessarily my thing, just because I felt there was a not a lot going on. But at the same time, it was cute. It was harmless, and it was of its era, and it's interesting in that respect. So there you go. I'm sorry if that makes you sad, Casey, that I don't love it. <laughs> I'm not sad. Let's pick another cartoon. Okay, then. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and bring up the list again. And let's get that up again. Oh, yeah, let's get that up again. I gotta sing until I got it up again, because I should be preparing this ahead of time, like always I should be. Okay. And, all right, Alex, now it's time for the drumroll. Let's get ready to... I was trying to think of something that sounds interesting. Okay, never mind. Uh, Boop. All right, we're going to watch a Popeye cartoon. Oh, okay. Uh, which one? Popeye for president. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're going to get to a We're going to get into a thing here, probably. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Now, before we talk about what happened in the cartoon, we have to establish something really quick. Okay. Is Popeye a socialist or not? Uh, 
I can we talk about that without talking about the cartoon? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we can talk like, about it with the context of the cartoon. Okay, <laughs> so so it starts off. It starts off with Popeye and Bluto, uh, kind of both electioneering on other sides of uh, of a park, and uh, Popeye's running on a platform of two cans of spinach per every pot, and Bluto is running on a platform of free cigars uh, for everyone. So both of them clearly are running on a platform of of uh, I, I guess you could assume redistribution of wealth. Well, I um, mean, the cigar thing reads well, as more bribery, and the well, yeah, the space stuff reads so. more to me as like New Dealsy type stuff. Yeah, like Pluto is giving away cigars, sure, but uh, it seems it seems more akin to like some like a person just giving away like free like tire gauges or whatever you know yeah i guess i guess that's true all right so yeah so yeah um but i mean like uh, uh, (laughs) i we're we're making we're making this we're making this joke like so joyless i don't know listen to because politics is so joyless (laughs) right now we're not not serious i shouldn't have to say that we're not being serious right now we're not serious we're not being serious literally Literally, the two parties in this cartoon are the spinach party and the bludocrat party. I'm just trying to ascribe like my dumb political views on this. Honestly, and we'll and we'll get we'll get more into that because you you did say something during the cartoon that kind of spawned that thought. But but essentially, they're uh, I guess like while they're while they're out there uh, sort of platforming for themselves. Uh, they turn to a uh, marquee that reads an extremely exhausting sentence because it's just really slow. <laughs> and this was this was the funniest part of the cartoon for me is that like the marquee says uh, it says that they're in a tie and that olive oil is the uh, olive oil hasn't casted a vote and she's the only person who lives in her district. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically so basically the cartoonists were like okay fuck it like how how can we <laughs> so how can we mean- make it so that one person's vote is important in this <laughs> specific context so he's like like it's they're, they're like i guess like oh god i was trying to remember the state that's really small but never mind <laughs> Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. I I am a dummy. Holy shit. Um so they both so yeah, that's that's the idea of this cartoon, the the classic Popeye uh what? cartoon where they both want something from olive oil and one of them is really slimy about it and Popeye is of course a a model masculine uh gentleman the entire yeah. time they they go out to the place where she lives in the woods and she is trying to chop lumber and they uh and they help her out with that well at least with this version of the story it's not about pluto trying to kidnap olive oil for sexual purposes <laughs> which is uncomfortable Point. how yeah. many of the cartoon- Popeye cartoons are what basically the shorts are. <laughs> this is just him he wanting to get a vote from her, basically. He wants to commit electric fraud, basically. Yeah, more or less. And, like, uh... 
But like, there's a, there's there's uh, there's one thing I wanted to say is like, uh, there's a part at the very beginning where like they're stop, like where Popeye is like giving his stump speech on his platform. Well, which by the way, they're campaigning on election day, which is something I think is supposed to be legal. Or no, no, that, no, that's a that's legal in illegal in other countries. That's right, not here. So, huh. uh, but. Or at least I think, whatever. Anyways, uh, Popeye like says like, I'll let the record speak. Uh, my past record speak for it. And he holds up a record, and I was thinking, oh, is he gonna play a thing? But no, it's just a visual guy because he's just saying like, it's a. It's pun. literally just a pun, yeah. <laughs> it's literally just a pun. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Didn't go anywhere. Didn't do anything. Sure, why yeah, not? Just, like it, it completely fell flat for me. Um, I mean, like here's the thing. Um. There's a lot of fun stuff in this. I like how Popeye, like, like Bluto has a tree, chop, chops down a tree, to tr- and, like, tries to make it fall on Popeye. And Popeye's solution to this is punching the tree into, like, basically perfectly sized pieces of lumber that, uh, of firewood that launches over to, uh, where Olive Oil needs all the lumber to be. And I think that's actually kind of funny. I thought there's there's stuff like that I like. I like the visual stuff they do in this. Um, but oh my god, I just noticed something <laughs> that yeah. that uh, for the second time in a row, I've completely forgotten how the final part of this cartoon goes. <laughs> uh, so- well, final part of this cartoon goes. Um, I believe Popeye's getting ready to drive her over to the voting booth. Bluto knocks him out of the car and then basically drives her over there himself while she's like protesting, no, I'm not going to vote for you. Popeye does that thing he does where he eats his spinach and then he gets out of, I think, he got punched into a tractor or something? Yeah, yeah, he got punched into oh, a yeah. tractor and then he got super strong where he used the tractor he, he treads ate, as roller skates. Ate, yeah, he ate the spinach from out of the garden. Uh, he sucked it up with his pipe. And he ate it like, uh, like sweet, delicious, sticky, icky, and like, like, he okay, okay. became very strong. <laughs> like, okay, here's my real question, honestly, and this is just a general Popeye question: Why spinach? Is it like a sailor thing? Is it because it's okay. high? Okay, I got for this actually. I, I do too. Uh, Casey, would you like to do it or no? Sir, well, you my, do. You never answer, talk. Yeah, okay. you go. Well, back in, like, the, uh, days where they had to go, like, full war for World War II, and they started rationing stuff, and one of the things that they suggested that they, you, uh, eat during this in order to make up for other stuff that you couldn't have was spinach, because according to, like, the data they found, it was extremely high in iron. It was found out later that this was a complete, like, screw-up by some, like, Analysts and that they basically moved a decimal point way too far, like, back. Like, it was only, like, a fraction of the amount of iron that it actually had. Oh, well, there you go. I actually earned something. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure, I guess I don't know for sure, but I, what I heard is that they, uh, they attempted, in order to get children to eat spinach, they attempted to, uh, they attempted to, to kind of put in a, a single frame picture of spinach, like a photograph of it, <laughs> to like uh to like 
uh, subliminal message children. I guess yeah. I don't know. What? Like that's something. No, what? that's something what? I heard. I'm going to I'm going to research that while you guys talk about the rest of the cartoon, so I can find out if that's true. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm just gonna say like uh, I don't know. Like the thing about Popeye is it's like. I like Popeye a lot, and I think there's a lot of really good Popeye cartoons and stuff like that, but they're the exact same thing over and over again. You cannot deny that. <laughs> like, pretty, like, there's like two different types of Popeye cartoons. There are the ones where, uh, Pluto and, or Pluto and, uh, did you just Popeye? Say Pluto? I did say Pluto. Cause I was thinking, oh, cause like, because, cause, uh, the platform, like the, the party that, uh, Pluto is on is the, Plutocratic party. And oh I was thinking right, it was a, yeah. I think it was a play on plutocrat or something like that. That's why I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much. I guess my whole thing is like uh, there are like two different varieties of Popeye shirts, if I remember right. Uh, one is that there's Pluto and Popeye fighting over olive oil, or Popeye trying to get the baby who has escaped, like the that one uh, Sweepy or whatever his name is. Uh, those are like the two that I know of, the, at least that I remember off the top of my head. And it's kind of, it's interesting to see the different frameworks for the, they do this. Uh, and it's, it is interesting to see them doing a, po- like, like a presidential thing. Cause you always see people saying, stop bringing politics into cartoons or video games or whatever, you know? Uh, but then like, there's like cartoons from like the seventies with, Popeye literally running for president, so... Yeah, they didn't care back then. If there was if there was something to make fun of, if there was something that they wanted to put out into their cartoon, they'd just do it. Yeah, like, whatever. So, um... I, I, it's, a, it's an okay cartoon, I think. Uh, I mean, like, it's, it's a standard Popeye. That's basically what it is. This is what it is. And if you want to see this, fine. What I really want to see is, I want to see... Uh, hold on. Whoa, whoa, uh... Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um I want to see a version of this where oh god, I was trying to find a funny thing where we put two politicians as Popeye and Bluto in it without it sounding like the most partisan slash like way too uncomfortable nowadays kind of thing. I was going to say like Bernie is Popeye and Hillary is Bluto, but then that's super, like, the people who are, like, super for Hillary will get upset about that, and if I do the opposite, then I don't feel that's true, because I don't think it's accurate, but whatever. Uh, and if I, I do, it doesn't matter. And if I do, it doesn't matter if I, at all, basically. And if I, if I do Hillary and then Bluto is Trump, Bluto's a perfect fit for Trump. I think Bluto might be even nicer than Trump is, but, uh, like, uh... I don't think Hillary was Popeye in that cartoon. I don't know. I guess I guess this. I guess you just can't <laughs> ascribe modern day politics to old cartoons. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Who would have thought right. it? Anyways, uh, so Casey, did you find the thing you were finding to find, or? Um. Nope. I guess okay. it was not even not even a myth. <laughs> it's just something that I made up. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
<laughs> See, I th- I thought what you were going with with this whole uh, eating spinach, uh, like oh they're trying to ki- kids eat spinach, so they made Popeye eat spinach because kids like Popeye. Well, yeah, and and like and that's that's clearly at least a little bit of the intention, and it worked. I, I thought that's spinach, what you were going with spinach, it. Spinach sales did skyrocket, like with with Popeye's uh, success. Yeah, kids. I, kids ate a lot, a lot of spinach. It was one of the most popular meals in uh, one of the most popular ingredients, rather. Uh, but in, in during the Great Depression. But um, but my point is that I thought that's what you were going for. Yeah, yeah. But then and, you went with that, this weird thing that made, you made up. <laughs> it would have made sense for me to go that direction. But this is something that I was legitimately told was that they would flash a single like they would flash like a split second of a photograph of spinach during Popeye did, episodes, and I did, guess that was just uh, did like. <laughs> Did like you watch a version of uh, Fight Club where Tyler Durnham's putting like spinach in the middle of the movie, <laughs> <laughs> like a single frame of spinach or whatever? <laughs> yeah, a very a very innocuous Tyler Durnham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Let's get to the next cartoon and our last cartoon of the day. So let me pull the up. First, the first rule of Fight Club is you wear floaties during Fight Club. <laughs> the second rule of Fight Club is please don't punch too hard. I bruise easily. The third rule of Fight Club: don't tell my mom about <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> okay, drum roll, drum roll. All right, we're not funny. <laughs> we're pretty unfunny. <laughs> yeah, we're really, really unfunny. Oh my god. Okay. We're going to watch an Oswald Rabbit cartoon. Oh, oh sick. Boy. Okay. And our <laughs> the cartoon is called Great Guns. Oh, Great boy. Guns. All right. Where have all the flowers gone? <laughs> Long time passing. <sighs> Just go ahead and do the podcast and I'll finish the song. <laughs> um, so, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, <laughs> sorry, you're very distracting. Imagine that. Wow. Uh, okay, so... Uh, this is a war cartoon, if you couldn't tell by me singing a war protest well, song. I want, I want uh, to really quickly... Uh, I, I did some little mini-research uh, when I was uh, we were watching this cartoon. And uh, it was originally a Walt Disney release cartoon. Really? Like, this, is like, this was a Walt Disney release. Oh. Uh, it just got bought by the people who bought Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So that's uh, that's why the, the false Oswald is in front of this. Yes, the false Oswald. Before all the Oswald cartoons on this collection, they have this weird, just generic-looking Bart... I almost said Bart Simpson, Jesus. Uh, bunny rabbit-looking dude. Just like Bart. That is wearing, like, overalls and stuff, but that's not Oswald. Our Oswald is the lo- lovely ink block, ink noodle-arm rabbit dude that Walt Disney created and then was abandoned by his dad... And then he made him, he made his new son, the son that became super famous. I don't know if he was abandoned as much as abducted. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, you're oh, you're yeah. right. You're right. I mean, he basically um, 
Um, but I guess uh, all I'm trying to say is that like uh, this is a traditional like old Walt Disney uh, black and white ink block cartoon. Noodle yeah. Cartoon. So, so something I noticed, this cartoon was called Great Guns. Surprising lack of guns. <laughs> I mean, Oswald had a gun at the very beginning, but yeah, it's it, mostly... Well, he, he, had, he had a bayonet. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe like, they mean guns like in the sense of artillery. Like stick. Yeah, so like, like there, there, was a, there were cannons, there were, there were fighter planes, you know, like a, a lot of... Uh, I think there was actually a machine gun encampment, too. Okay, there may have been, but not a lot of guns. If there were guns, not many. <laughs> I want to say real fast, though, like, also, this cartoon came out in 1928, so we weren't in the middle of a war when this cartoon came out, so it wasn't war propaganda or anything like that, and yet it's still treating war as, like, this really fun-to-go thing, basically. Well, I don't know about, like, it, it, does, it does at the beginning. So, like, it, it starts out with, with someone, like... It starts out with someone, uh, you, you know, like a, like a paper boy holding a paper that says "Extra War," <laughs> and, uh, and he's he's shouting, and that's that's the establishment that a war is going to happen, and uh, and then you see a shot that goes on for way too long of people uh, lining people, up animals. Well, yeah, animals of of Disney style anthropomorphic animal people. Uh, yeah, rubber hose animals. They all animal kind people. of pile into uh, into a tent. They get their uh, artillery and they march off to uh, to go and and fight the foreign menace. Well, and, they're uh, all smiling and like well, yeah, like excited well, about it. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, it's a cartoon, and it was an old cartoon. Like oh, it, I know. <laughs> so like. Uh, it didn't feel like propaganda to me, like even though no. it's a very sing-songy version of of trench warfare, <laughs> which was yeah. brutal. Oh yeah, um, straight up. Uh, it it uh, it didn't feel propaganda-ish to me at all. No, actually, it was not propaganda. It was just uh, glorifying war as this fun backdrop for comedy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. And so so Oswald, uh, he's carrying. A bayonet that looks like it's attached to a metal rod. I, I'm, I'm sure it was supposed to be a gun. It just didn't look much like one. And uh, and he uh, he goes to his uh, his gal pal, and uh, <laughs> she is so uh, she is so taken over by how hot he is wearing uh, wearing. Uh, was he wearing a uniform or was it just? He had a he had okay. a hat, but then it blew off immediately so, after he yeah, started running. She was, so she was, uh, she was really uh, wildly attracted to the, the idea of uh, of her boo going off to murder, and uh, and she uh, and and it, it takes like a very rapid tonal shift because they're like being flirtatious. And then suddenly sobbing because he's going to go and die for his country, and uh, and then he kisses her. And they, yeah, they, they just constantly just like there's a yeah. lot of making out, a lot of rabbit making out in this. Yeah, and then well, and, and this is this was like the this was the really common uh, narrative of uh, 
of actually mostly anti-war art in, at the time, you know, well, like the song I was singing at the beginning, uh, the Pete Seeger song, Where Have All the Flowers Gone, where it's like a lot of a lot of art was focusing on, wow, look at all of these boys who are leaving their girlfriends to die. And, uh, and that's kind of what is implied here well no it's not implied that he dies he he goes to war so like that's the cut is they're smooching and then it cuts to him smooching a photograph of her instead and he's in a trench on a tiny island uh inside of a, a giant puddle and uh and things are exploding around him like <sighs> sorry um uh so like this war is fought between, uh, people, like, all types of animal people versus mice and a wolf. Like, those are, like, maybe. I think, I think what it is is that you only, there are only really, like, once you get to the war portion of this cartoon, there are only really three or four characters. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's, that's kind of my point, though, because, like, yeah. I know, the, the, okay, we see one mouse in a tree uh shooting uh shooting uh like from like a like literally a machine a, a machine gun nest it's a, literally a bird's nest with a machine gun in it and shooting out of there and it's also really interesting to see Walt Disney draw a mouse uh, at this time oh yeah it's interesting yeah. to see that but um yeah like uh, he draws and then like there's one shot where like two similar looking animal people shoot at each other and they shoot like they end up like killing each other (laughs) and that's that's the joke and Mm -hmm. then uh cannons firing a plane drops a bomb onto the photo of the girl rabbit that got no name uh the girl rabbit what got no name and uh oswald gets really mad and he gets in an airplane and i think this is like to my favorite part of the short which is where uh they Basically, they have an air fight, but what it is is that the planes start boxing each other, like just yeah. having a slap. Well, it's not even boxing because it's a very air- unceremonious slap fight, basically. And then they both nosedive. Well, yeah. before that, and... before that, they both also get out of the plane and then start fist fighting in midair before oh, they yeah. realize, wait, we're in midair, we need to stop, and then get back <laughs> in their plane. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then they nosedive and crash, and they they beat each other up. Including one Oswald performs the Mortal Kombat like fatality. Oswald, Oswald, yeah, Oswald rips off the my the mouse's head and yeah. throws its body, and then throws its head back onto the body. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. it's like it's so messed up. Um, and then like they start fighting, and then eventually, in the middle of this fight, uh, the Wolf General comes up, and I was actually really confused at this point because I wasn't sure. Yeah, if we weren't happened. sure who was on whose side. Yeah, I was I was confused. Like I was thinking, well, maybe what it is is that, oh, uh, this is Oswald's general, uh, and the mouse is actually on Oswald's side, and they got into a slap fight, and they shouldn't be doing that or something. Like that that's not something that that's something you would see in like a Disney cartoon during like World War Two, where a general is basically really mad, or like a sergeant being really mad at its at his troops for doing dumb things you know but no that's what it basically it's just uh the general is acting like the mice's dad and like they so oswald like puts down the mice pats them on the head and all that kind of stuff tries to walk away but then the general starts like firing cannons at him and 
Yeah. And uh and he takes defense behind uh what looks like a, a mammoth? <laughs> it looks like an elephant, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, well, like an, does... an elephant but with like a big furry body and uh and he uses the elephant's trunk as a cannon. Yeah. And then the enemy cannon fires a cannonball into the elephant, and the elephant's torso explodes, and <laughs> and its legs its legs wander over the horizon, and then and then its tail follows. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! Like, yep. <laughs> like this is like about the horrors of war, but they just treated so whimsically and has all the kind of tropes i love from this just the most nonsensical not deaths <laughs> well it, it, it almost seems like banksy style subversive you know yeah to, I mean, to uh, like to like depict war in this medium in this way <laughs> like if it was yeah. if it was done by someone in the 21st century my thought would definitely be like oh i get it they're they're trying to juxtapose the evil of war with cartoons. But in this case, I think they were just making a cartoon and they were using war as a backdrop. Yeah. Which, you know, like we... You know, never mind. I, well, uh, basically the cartoon ends with Oswald getting shattered. <laughs> like he gets shattered by a cannonball. Yeah. And then uh, someone sweeps up the... Sweets him up and then like... I thought it was supposed to be his girlfriend. No, no, no. The... I'm getting to that. I'm getting oh. to that. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, we we we. <laughs> you'll be so surprised when you find out who it is, everyone. <laughs> Let's pretend <It's>, to be <laughs> surprised. So she sweeps up. Uh, the, she sweeps up all the uh, re- all the remains of Oswald, puts it into a martini shaker, pours them out, and then he recon- like she forms them into <laughs> like <laughs> like Aphrodite forming uh, a woman from clay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> forms Oswald, and then she goes. Oh, and then they start making out because it's his girlfriend. There you go. Yep. This uh, was but, a, this was a good cartoon. If, oh, if there's of, if there's a must watch this episode, it's this one. Yeah, this okay. one's actually yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, this one is actually so classic that uh, in the video game Epic Mickey, which is the video game that uh, was like the reason why Disney bought back Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, uh, uh, one of the levels because like the little transitions between. Uh, uh, like areas in the game, you have to first go through a short, like uh, like a like a platforming level based on a famous Mickey Mouse or Oswald the Lucky Rabbit short, and this short was one of the levels you actually went through. That's very uh, cool. So yeah, this actually has uh, this is actually considered a pretty classic short, and I can see why it's fun. It's interesting. It's a little creepy nowadays, considering how horrifying war is to us nowadays, but. Uh, other than that, it's a really fun slapsticky cartoon, you know, that's uh, got a lot of imagination into it. And it's like my example, like if I can point to a type of thing I love from this era of cartoons, it's basically this. It would be this cartoon. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I liked it more than the mechanical cow. I think so, was, too. Cause, that cause was our the, first cartoon. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, the mechanical cow is interesting because it's like it was such a weird, like whiplash of plot. <laughs> but I think it it was fine. This feels more cohesive. The structure and the stuff faster. Yeah, yeah. It, this is time. this this has more of an 
structure to it that's more a whole, like, throughout this whole thing. Though I still like Mechanical Cow because of how bizarre it is. Cause it's I just like Mechanical such... Cow, but I like this one more. Yeah, yeah, I'd say this one's probably better. So why don't we go ahead and go to the prompt, because we're uh, going a little long. Yeah, uh, we'll try to make this a little quick, though we got a lot of responses. Uh, my prompt for this week was... What was a cartoon you liked as a kid that you do not like now? And I'm going to start with some emails because we got some emails this time. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Let's start with one from Mikolith, who I am going to uh, plug here because, uh, see, he has a podcast right now. It's pretty new right now. It's uh, a Burn Down the Sandcast. Uh, it's a video game news as well as like general news podcasts of like media and stuff like that and basically it's him my friend mikolith uh and some of his buddies just like joking about making crude jokes about video games and it's a fun thing it's not hateful or anything like that it definitely is not safe for work like less so than us (laughs) yeah maybe um, a little um, maybe a little less reverent (laughs) yeah Um, but 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 I think that it is a good podcast to listen to, and uh, uh, in the previous episode, I I think episode two is the only one that's up like up right now. But uh, I think I episode into... I think episode three was the one where they plugged us actually. Oh, was it episode three? Okay, episode I think three. so. I might be wrong. Well, uh, either way, uh, I wrote in, and uh, they <laughs> uh, without even me asking, uh, also pro- uh, plugged our podcast on it so thank you for that so thank we're gonna... you thank you Rico. Rico. Uh, much appreciated so, uh but his response was uh reboots it has aged so poorly i can't even <laughs> believe how bad it is or how i used to be able to watch it at all um now reboot if you're not aware uh it's that weird cg like one of the first cg cartoon shows and it was about uh people going into the internet and fighting evil internet people i think (laughs) i'll be perfectly honest i i haven't seen it i've just i've seen footage from it and it and i didn't know about this cartoon until i was 24 probably (laughs) i've heard this cartoon but mostly out of like making fun of it both once there was the t- one time when Ma- griffin mcelroy like joked about it on monster factory once but then like there was another time where like there's a youtube poop i watched where like it would have fake uh we'll be right back with uh something other and one of them was <laughs> I remember we'll be one. right we'll be right back with reboob reboob yeah <laughs> i i don't know why that made me laugh it's so tough um but yeah, like I, all I know is that from screenshots I've seen, yeah, it looks friggin' ugly, but I'm not gonna be too hard on it because I haven't seen it, and also, it was like the '90s, and '90s still didn't know how to do CG unless you were like Steven Spielberg. Um, oh my god, this is a long one. Uh, we got one from Blackjack. Uh. Hi gang, I'm still catching up on summer episodes, so I'd like to answer one of uh, one of those in addition to this week's question. Uh, I wouldn't say I, I hated, but the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon from 1987 was a slog to watch. Now, uh, the animation isn't great. The fights are 10 seconds in with trash cans and slapstick, and there are no sense 
in any events that happen in one episode, they have impact on the other. I know that that was the uh, I know that it was appointment television when it aired, but it's kind of a painful in retrospect. Uh, the only interesting part I see is the obscure TMNT and Osagi Jimbo uh, Jimbo characters uh, for an episode that could sell you on their action figures. Osagi uh, Jimbo Jimbo is actually really interesting, which has its own thing. But I'm not going to go on a huge digression about it because we are running on long time. Yeah, uh, but the character did appear in one episode of Ninja Turtles, if I remember right, and that yes, that's that's a, really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. It yeah. genuinely he's shown is. up in like every series that they've had since. I think he has shown up multiple times, and I know he showed up in the comics a bunch. But yeah, uh, uh, you see, basically is a uh, manga type of thing, comic artist from uh, uh, Dance about, of Guy, I believe. Yeah, and it's uh, is the artist, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a, the, the main character is a rabbit dude who's a samurai, and uh, it's got a bunch of animal people in it, so, and it's pretty neat. Um, anyways, uh, you asked what were some memorable cartoons I saw in, uh, in school, and I was surprised no one mentioned A Roman City, which I must have seen three times in three different classes. Uh, it is an animated segment of a 90s PBS special on Roman cities, uh, conquered by Gaul, and had a terrifying, uh, oh god, this is a hard word. Versinoratorix? V-E-R-C-I-N-G-E-T-O-R-I-X in its intro. I have no idea how to announce that. I am sorry. Uh, the animation seemed pretty rotoscoped, and you can hear Ian McKellen and Brian Blessed in the voice cast. That is amazing. That is uh, very cool. I uh, now realize why uh, Blackjack actually linked me to this on uh, our Twitter account because I was really confused about why he was linking me a thing about the Roman about Rome, but it turns out it was good for one of the prompts. Uh, I haven't seen years, and apparently they made more of these, including one on the pyramids. Uh, it's a lot better than Superbook, which is I uh, was also subjected to in school. Uh, so yeah, Superbook. Oh my god, I do not know what Superbook is. <laughs> Uh, we can save that for another discussion, but let's just say okay. crazy Jesus stuff. Oh, okay. That explains why I haven't seen it then. <laughs> but yeah, just, just, uh, get in. Apparently you can find all these, like, Roman cities and the series that it's linked to on YouTube. So yeah, oh. thank you. Thank you for sending the message, Blackjack. It's really appreciated. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, alright, so on to mentions. Uh, we got on our Twitter page, because there's two ways to respond to us. Uh, you can send us an email at toontownpublicworks at gmail.com, or just add us on Twitter, because we'll usually post the prompt uh, right after the episode is aired, uh, though I was actually really bad this time, and I actually posted like a day before we started recording. I'm sorry, folks. Um, but we got plenty of responses, so I don't mind. Uh, but... Uh, Velocilot, that is an amazing name. I'm saying this right now. Uh, Velocilot says, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but Super Friends. You know, yeah, Super Friends is a weird beast. That's for sure. It is campy, and I'm, I, I haven't seen it in so long. Literally, the only thing I remember about, uh, about that is that, like, Aquaman uses sea life very weirdly in that cartoon and like he uses like a sea turtle to block a uh hole in like a sea lab or something yeah uh, that that tv show completely taco man as a character in the public eye yeah <laughs> and then uh also the wonder twins and their little monkey dude i which are like okay sure 
Funnily uh, enough, uh, they got, they, uh, brought some of the original characters from the Superfans back in, uh, the, uh, Layer Justice League cartoon. They did a really good job with that one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, uh, I remember, uh, I remember uh, that the Wonder Twins showed up in uh, the Lego Batman movie, which I always liked. It. Oh yeah, that's right in the uh, Fortress Solitude scene. Yeah, that that I liked seeing them in that. That was good. That's like where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Nemo responded and said, uh, "I have a real hard time sitting through action figure cartoons like He Man in Voltron 1984." Oof. Yep. Uh, yeah, those are pretty and, uh, like that's like that's what we were talking about earlier. So I'm glad I didn't bring it up by name, but uh but yeah, I uh I really struggle with uh I really struggle with the that same thing. Like he man in particular for some reason I just always thought was really boring. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I my only exposure to He-Man as a kid was I rented a He-Man cartoon from a library once, like a VHS of it, because it was one of the things there. And I was like, sure, okay. And literally the only thing I remembered from that short was that weird wizard floating dude. Like, the one that you only could see his eyes. Orko or whatever? Yeah, Orko, yeah. He's the only thing I could remember from it. And for, like, the longest time, I thought the cartoon was about Orko and not He-Man. Because <laughs> that's all I could remember. <laughs> Um, uh, Sapphire Jack also responded and said Tiny Toons. All the humor is pushed too far and every joke is played out too long despite uh, being a bunch of cliches, cliches. And I hate to say it, but yeah, I completely agree. Okay, no, no, no. I, I agree uh, I agree 50%. Um, so like Tiny Toon Adventures was made by so many different studios, uh, wow. that they, they all, they all relax, they all lacked kind of any kind of like, so there was like, a cohesion. some, some of the, yeah, no, there wasn't any, there was hardly any cohesion between them. Like you can always tell which ones were made by like the Kennedy cartoons because everyone talks out the side of their mouths and they do like the stupid kick dance. Uh, yeah, and that. like, yeah. And so, so I would say probably uh one half of tiny toon adventures was bad and then the other half was sometimes good you know like there there are there are exceptional episodes but you kind of have to dig to find them <laughs> because there I were remember, also some that were really really bad i remember in high school i bought a collection of tiny toon adventures uh and it was like the first season Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried watching it because I was like super excited because I had bought recently bought Animaniacs at that time, and I was enjoying going through those again. And I watched Pinky Brain again. And I was enjoying going through those again. So I go to Tiny Toons. I watched the first episode, and it was such a slog that I did not pick it up again for a long time. Yeah, of the uh, of the Steven Spielberg era of uh of wb cartoons tiny toons i think is the worst of them there's a reason why it's the one that people talk about the least yeah pinky on the brain on the other hand i don't think there's a single episode i don't like no i I actually completely agree if there was one it would be the pilot which is a little more boring than the rest but uh, like overall every episode of that show i i love uh Mm. 
Okay, so I got one from Mark. Mark Cope. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and he said, I was 10 when South Park aired, so you can imagine how that, th- how that thing blew my tiny little underdeveloped mind, or undeveloped mind. Uh, these days, however, ugh, just, ugh. I am uncomfortable about talking about South Park. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I- I'll so- talk about South Park if you want. Yeah, I used to be into that too a lot, and... Here's the thing. Now, even looking back on like the early stuff, it it was always there. Like the the sense that, yeah, you know, it's just every now and again they'll just do something that's more of like a parody of, like uh, just some random action movie stuff, and that's fine. Or like the World of Warcraft episode, that's also fine too. But the episodes that were basically just a parody of Lord of the Rings, but the boys are trying to bring a porno tape back to a video store. Like, yeah, that was fine. That was it was fine. fine. And there are episodes that are okay. It's I, just... don't I grew up with it. And then, like, I also really liked the South Park The Stick of Truth, which was, like, the last South Park thing I actually really enjoyed. Which is very recent, but it was also, like, the only thing... Because I couldn't watch the show anymore. I will, say, I, the, the I will say the latest thing from South Park that I liked was the... Uh... The Game of Thrones two-part episode. That, that one was, was also good. good. That one was also yeah. good. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, so, so hard to go back South, to... I did uh, not... I was not allowed to watch South Park the entire time I lived with my parents. So, like, up up until I was 19, I hadn't seen an episode. Let's be honest, you didn't um, miss much. Well, no, because I, I watched them later, and I, I never liked them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like, and not not even just for political reasons. Not even just because, of, but you know, I won't get into political reasons. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you need to be like a shitty preteen when it came like, out to like yeah. get it. I yeah, I think I, I just was, thought it was like too immature. I was like in like middle school, maybe even late elementary school when I started watching South Park, uh, and that's probably why I dug it so much. But even then, back in that day, there were episodes that made me super mad because I realized that what they were saying was really stupid. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, it's done a lot of harm, to be honest. It's it's honestly not... Yeah, I don't... Right. I don't... I don't buy the ideology of the equal opportunity offender. <laughs> Yeah, I. So, we're, we're, I don't really want to get into a huge bunch of yeah. the politics of South Park. I, I, there's there are things about South Park I like how like I like the format of how they do satire, and I think BoJack Horseman actually does the kind of satire South Park does without being really gross. I feel like that's how it can, that's how that's a, actually a really good thing I could probably say. Uh, like um, it's it's adult humor. Using very really over the top weirdness with like some level of like there's a person who actually is realizing how weird this is, but they're kind of not really listened to to a degree. And there's a political message to it all, uh, and it's usually an ex- exaggeration of reality and stuff like that that gets over the top and weird. Uh, yeah, that's basically what South Park does. Uh, that's basically what BoJack Horseman does, but BoJack Horseman isn't hateful. <laughs> so I'm. Um, Oh, anyways. We're not going to talk about South Park. <laughs> we already talked a lot about South Park. Kids, but just... <laughs> yeah, I think we've said enough about South Park. Okay. So, uh, do you all have a answer for today? I do. 
Um, I will let KC go first if he has an answer. Okay, uh, Naruto. <laughs> wow! Uh, I went, I went really safe, guys. I had answers that might have been controversial, and I chose this one. <laughs> um, yep, I liked Naruto when I was fourteen, like everyone does, and then I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> okay, KC did. used to be That's another fine. one of those like, fighting dreamers. Yeah, like exactly. I I used to like I used to be super like. I could extend this to anime at large, but some of the anime I watched back then I do still like, you know, like Full Metal Alchemist I still think is okay. I probably wouldn't watch it again, but, uh, uh yeah. For me, I didn't watch a lot of anime, because there's a thing about anime that really bothers me, at least stereotypical things. Like, when anime doesn't do this, I love it. Uh, but there's this thing about, like, okay, I've been watching uh, My Hero Academia. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like it. I think it's a good one. But it does the thing that I really hate in anime, which is they constantly recap previous Yeah, things. that's Constantly that's a doing a lot of flashbacks, recapping stuff like that, stuff we've already seen. And I understand that it's a, because it's a TV show and stuff like that, but at the same time, it just feels, it's so annoying when, like, I'm trying to watch several episodes in a row. And I feel like nothing happens because of that. And, like, people always complain about, like, filler episodes in anime or TV shows in general. And, like, here's the thing. I will take a slice-of-life slice of goofy episode of any show that has no real long-term plot consequence over a plot-heavy show, like, an episode of a show that constantly recaps previous events and then t- maybe does, like... A- 10 minutes of new information. Yeah, and I just I just also hate the melodrama. HD. Yeah? Uh, everyone I've talked to has said that, yeah, season one's really bad about being, like, super decompressed and stuff, but, um, apparently season two get, gets away from that, so. I haven't yeah. seen it myself, so. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna continue watching it. I'm, I took a quite a long break because I was getting kind of exhausted because, like... Nah, it's fine. I, I, felt like, I felt like the show's pacing was really fast in the sense that, like, it went from... Like, I kind of liked the pacing at the beginning where it was kind of just, like, three episodes of uh, Deku slowly gaining his power, like, like gaining the trust of All Might and gaining his power and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was good. And then, like, as soon as he gets into the Academy, every episode something major happens, and I was getting exhausted. <laughs> like, I ba- I basically stopped when, like, a bunch of villains started showing up at once, and I was just like, okay, I need to put this down for a bit, just for now. I want some breathing room for a while. Like, I, I, would-, I would have killed for an episode that was just about freaking Deku like learning about the other students or something and not just going straight into more fighting <laughs> I kind of had the opposite problem like the, those original those first few episodes kind of like yeah they, I was enjoying it a lot but they were feeling like they were dragging a bit and then things started to really take off for me when they hit the academy but uh yeah See, Casey go on well I mean no, I'm that's just gonna... it what's someone else's answer Okay. Well, I, I just Sorry. really want to say that, like, I'm also a freak who my favorite parts of Harry Potter books were not the high action and, like, triwizarding tournaments or anything like that, but just Harry Potter going around Hogwarts and having to deal with a school life. Yeah, char- no, I, char- I get that. character based conflict, I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, what are you guys' answers? Um, Cirque, you go ahead first. Okay. Well, uh,. 
I have one that may be a bit controversial, I'm not sure, and then I have one that's just the gimme. Which one would you like more? Uh, I want to hear controversial more, just because I felt okay. Casey played way too safe. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. Uh, Ren Stempy. You know, I completely agree. I do not yeah. like Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> For me, it's kind of like Watchmen to me, where, like, yeah, it was, like, impactful at the time, and, but that kind of overshadows, like, literally everything about it because from Ren Stempy you get all the butt ugly Martians and the Bangasumo or whatever the hell that show's called or yeah you know and like, then the lead the head John K turned out to be a massive asshole yeah so. see like that's that's kind of the thing for me is like I I do actually think Ren and Stimpy is hilarious like when I watch it the the uh like the kind of uh, I, I would say mildly surreal or or maybe offbeat humor is uh, is funny to me, but uh, but just knowing how poorly John K treated his staff kind of ruins the show for me a little bit. Yeah. For me, I don't like Ren and Stimpy because I don't really like how gross it is. I don't like. I mean, it's. I'm not saying I like, I want cartoons that are all super happy and shiny and shit, obviously, because, like, I love Bojack Horseman, which is not that. Um, but I don't like it when cartoons are just deliberately ugly in a lot of ways and are just, like, very, I don't know, like, just trying to, like, be, like, and there, there are jokes in Red and Sippy I think are decent. Uh, I like the one part where, like, there's like an ad for a product where you could get varicose veins so you can get to R rated movies and stuff like that. Like that that one's that's fine. The Spongebob stuff, right? That's fine. I that's fine. There's funny there's funny jokes in there. There are definitely moments of Ren and Stimpy, but I also think that it just relies so heavy on scatological and weird humor like like disgusting humor. And just it it, it doesn't appeal to me. So that's just I don't know. Um just for funsies, my other answer was Street Shark, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I, I freaking watched Street Sharks as a kid. I had Street Shark toys. I was, Same. like, obsessed. But that was because I really wanted to, I loved Sharkman. I like giant Sharkman. That was basically all it was. <laughs> you wished to be a giant Sharkman when you grew up. That was your dream yeah. job. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Not not to go back to Red and Snippy for too long, but you guys don't think Log is funny? No, Log is funny. Log it's, is funny. It's better than bad. It's good. <laughs> there, 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 like I said, there are things about Red and Snippy I think are really so funny. funny. I just um, don't like it as a whole. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, what's your answer, HD? Um, okay, my answer is kind of related to the Red and Snippy thing, because for me, there is a huge trend in cartoons and like the er, like the mid like early to mid to late 90s it actually was yeah i guess it was pretty much just the 90s when it was really huge though it did go into the early 2000s a bit but there was like a genre of cartoon that was basically like there are, are two characters who are like one's a idiot one super smart and they're both assholes and they both get bad shit happen to them it sounds <laughs> was, like cat dog buddy 
That was Cat Dog. That was Angry Beavers. That was, uh, to a degree, Ed and Eddie, but I think Ed and Eddie's one of the ones that actually did it right, because I think that it was actually so absurd. And, like, like I feel like... God, it's, I, breaking, it's breaking my heart because you're listing, like, so many of my favorites right now. Well, no, I love Ed and Eddie. I'm not saying Ed and Eddie. I That's love like Angry the, Beavers. The, I look, love Cat Dog. <laughs> there, and I think all of these cartoons have good episodes in them, but to me, they're infuriating... Because, like, I don't like seeing people, like, just constantly fail. <laughs> I don't like seeing people who are just constantly getting the shit beaten out of them. I don't like... It's not funny to me. It's not interesting. It, especially when, like, there are episodes when they're, like, totally in the rights. And but yet, that's a, that's they a, still... That's a comedic, and that's I a get comedic the, formula that didn't start in the 90s, though. I should feel... I'm, I'm tempted to say... Well, but that no, it started. It probably started like in really, really early comedy. <laughs> well, but no. Here's my thing, though. Like, there's a difference between like a Charlie Chaplin or a Three Stooges, with uh, where it's like you know. Is there a difference between was, Abbott and Costello, maybe, and this? Yeah, and uh, what is maybe. it? Well, well, no. Here's like, my thing. That's, that's what I'm trying well, to figure out because because there's so much more cruel. Because I feel like a lot of like the stuff that from the come the nighting are direct response to a type of stereotype of cartoon that existed both in the 80s and earlier, uh, which the cartoons are these, like, things were, like, they were kind of, like, light and fluffy at times. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, it just felt like they're... Tr- like, so, like, so you're, the, the, you're, the, saying, the, you're saying that they're postmodern? Like they're trying to, I, I guess it's the postmodern, but I don't want to put that label because there's a lot of good things that are postmodern. Rocco's Modern Life is postmodern that's really good. Uh... I think all and like well, I think well, I think, well, I think is pretty good. And, and the good parts of Red and Sippy are also good postmodernism and stuff like that. But I feel like it's kind of just like a like it, it just gets to a point where like I can't stand watching unlikable people getting the shit beat out of them, you know? Because like at least with like the tramp, uh, look, why did I say the tramps? Wow, that is completely not what I was going to say. But with like, uh, but like with something like. Um, like something with like the Three Stooges, like yeah, sometimes they're jerks and they are kind of jerks, but they're at least trying to make a decent living and are actually trying to do the like to to a degree they're trying to do something decent with their lives. They're trying to work at a job and stuff like that. For these people, a lot of times they're just like assholes. They're so just do, assholes. Do you have do you have the same problem when you watch like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I honestly can only watch like I've only watched about like five or six episodes. I was saying like. I I can tolerate it, but I'm honestly not clamoring to see more of it. What about Seinfeld? I've honestly never really watched Seinfeld. Okay, well, you I'm, I'm just I guess I'm just going to I guess I'm just going to have to boil this down then to a difference of opinion because I disagree with you like a lot. <laughs> I mean, like I, I like, like I like, like these things that you're describing. Very odd parents. Fairly odd parents. Like I don't like Timmy Turner. I think he's a dumbass who never learns a fucking thing yeah that was that was actually the controversial one i was going to say okay yeah he's a uh, dumbass who doesn't learn a thing but that's that's not why i don't like it though i just uh, I, I think it's stylistically lazy but i won't get into that um, i don't like that hartman style no did i just call him hartman hartman come on but, um but like my, my my other thing i was gonna bring up was uh what was it I don't know. I, I guess for me, I just I there are episodes of Angry Birds I really like. There's a lot of things from Angry Birds I really like, but there's so many episodes that just ended 
where the characters were just horrible to each other and horrible things to them at the end. That's also why I hate Invader Zim. Invader Zim is a mean show. It is a show that has no sympathy for anything. And that was the is, third that was the third controversial one that I had stewing in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I and it is like I just I don't know. Uh Nickelodeon I don't, but seems the, reason, to be very... the reason I don't like Invader Zim is because uh is it's like, like, I think I've mentioned this before, like, in, Invader Zim seems to be mocking, like, capitalist society, but it mocks the consumers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, like, that's, that's, that's definitely yeah, an aspect of so, it. But, I don't know. But, I mean, like, I, I, I guess I'm just going to do a quick finishing statement on this, and it's that um, I grew really tired of the trend of very insincere, irreverent kind of ironic type of like animation story types story types and stuff like that uh and there are definitely ones who did it really good uh there are a lot of my favorite cartoons probably fall under these categories but um what, a, what about daffy duck i like daffy duck but yeah, daffy, like but daffy duck is the same thing he's manipulative he's slimy and he gets it in the end like that's but daffy duck is rarely right <laughs> Yeah, exact. None of them are like they're. They're always it's error. But there are characters that are right. Like even if Cat Dog, if if Cat gets in trouble for being an asshole, Dog is punished at the same time. I guess I I, I guess that's I'm just a, going to have to not. Uh, I, we might have to continue this conversation off the air if we have. Yeah, because we're we're going long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I I, res- uh, I respect re- your opinion though. I, I'm so. just going to say that I am really happy they were at a point with animation where the majority of the cartoons that are on, like, f- nowadays are about sincerity and character instead of just, like... And, like, even the ones that are ironic to agree are still, like, trying to be, like, sincere enough to the point where you actually like the characters and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Like, some series gum- out, yo. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Uh, anyways, uh, that is going to do it for us for today. Oh, right, prompt for next time. Prompt for next time. Hmm. Let me, let me bring that up. I have actually a list of things that could be. Uh, next episode would start with our special episodes, right? Or no? Not yet. No. Well, wait. What, what would be our next episode be requiring? You know, yeah, let's make that one of our first ones where we'll we'll have one card. I think we have some plans for October for our things. One of them is going to be a horror special where we just watch the most horrific cartoons we can imagine. But that's probably going to be towards the end of the month. Uh, the first one is probably going to be us watching maybe a couple classic holiday cartoons like specifically like uh halloween or spooky kind of ones or maybe i could like handpick all the ones that are like what creepy or whatever um just for that we'll see we can we can talk about that off the air yeah but we we have plans for october like i I have definite definite plans for the end of october so um get ready for that uh a prompt for next time though real fast because i again uh, what is your favorite animated drama? That's a good one. 
Okay. It's a really good one. Like, uh, what I, by what I mean by that is that, like, basically a cartoon that, it can have humorous elements to it, but it's also largely a dramatic show. Uh, they could be animated movie, it could be an anime, it could be, uh, a TV series, it could be, you know, anything like that. So, any, uh, anything that wouldn't be labeled as comedy? Yeah, like a straight up comedy. Like, it, it could still be satirical, but it's still a drama, you okay. know? Um, we've been talking about one for most of this episode. Yes, we were. Um, but anyways, uh, that will be it for us, uh, with Toontown Public Works. Uh, oh, check uh, the show notes for videos. Uh, thank you as always to Alex, our editor. Yes. Seriously. Could not do this without him. Thank Thank you very much, Alex. So much, buddy. Um, Yes. Uh... We are the the next this episode is going to be up. Let's see. Actually, I think this episode is going to be up the Tuesday right before October. So, yeah, it'll be on the September twenty sixth. So the episode after this one is going to be October tenth. Uh. So, yeah, have your responses in by October 10th. You can email us. Again, it's uh, uh, ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. You can uh, always uh, send us a reply on Twitter.com. Our uh, Twitter handle is uh, ToontownPublic. And uh, if you want us to give us a, uh, a rating or review or anything like that on iTunes, it would be – or anywhere really because we're up on like stitcher and google play and a whole bunch of other places and we got it really would help us like with like promoting ourselves and stuff yeah like i mean like i know everyone says this stuff but it's actually genuinely important especially for us really small ones because uh we are trying to get noticed by people uh and really it's the right now it is the strongest way to support us is to give us uh more viewers more eyes on us uh, and doing a review would be really helpful. And uh, it's if you are the first to review us, we will read it on air. I, I truly do mean that. Thank you. Um, okay, I think that's and all our stuff. Thanks to George Gershwin for the song that we use at the beginning. He's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> we killed him. Uh, we well, no. <laughs> I'm into his murder today. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know that he was still alive when you were born. Look so. under Brave Stadium. Look under Brave right. Stadium. That's where we left the body. <laughs> That's where we left... Jo- I'm pretty sure we also know where George Gershwin's body is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where in the world is George Gershwin's body? <laughs> okay. Sign us off. We're done. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's enough out of you people. I'm Ichi the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. And this is in Toontown Public Works, and these cartoons have been archived. Tertiary.